here, and thank you for joining us on AVM Alliance, a pediatric stroke podcast for families and friends whose lives have been affected by traumatic brain injury, brain vessel disease, or stroke. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on the kid side of brain injury with honest talk, news, information, and discussion for our community. Being a parent of a medically complex child is an extremely difficult path to suddenly find yourself on. I'm Raylene Lewis, and my son Kyler suffered a hemorrhagic stroke at age 15. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about the UCSF Pediatric Stroke Research Center, as well as visit with guest Jennifer Dwyer, whose beautiful son, Braden gained his wings just days after his AVM rupture. And we're going to end with a short discussion on the first part of Chapter 2 of our current focus book, Suffer Strong, by Catherine and Jay Wolfe. But before we get started, I wanted to let everyone know that the American Stroke Association, which is a branch of the very well-known American Heart Association, has moved up their timeline for their Stroke Hero Awards and are now accepting nominations through December 6th of this year. Now, earlier, my son won the Pediatric Award for 2022. So do you know another Stroke Hero? The American Stroke Association's Stroke Hero Awards annually recognize everyday people who have shown resilience and used their experience as a stroke survivor, caregiver, advocate, or group to help others. So go on their website, www.stroke.org slash hero awards, and consider nominating yourself or someone you know by December 6th. Now, before we get started, we have had a few questions about the AVM Alliance in general. In addition to our podcast, you can find our page on Facebook, which is AVM Alliance, a pediatric stroke page, as well as interact as part of our community on our Facebook group, AVM Alliance, a brain AVM aneurysm pediatric group. Our online group is dedicated to filling the needs of the pediatric stroke community while supporting the charitable organizations who make a difference. Our goal is to create a community of support and assistance with the mission to educate the public about pediatric stroke, as well as show children who have this condition that they are not alone and provide valuable information to help others on this journey. So in a bit of news today, the UCSF Center of Excellence in Hemorrhagic Stroke Research was awarded the American Heart Association's Henrietta B. and Frederick H. Berger Foundation Award for their innovative and multidisciplinary approach to cerebral vascular research. Now, currently, UCSF is leading three projects under the guidance of Dr. Heather Fullerton, and through these, the center hopes to improve the care of children with brain AVMs around the globe. Now, although half of all strokes that occur in children are hemorrhagic, and that means they're caused by bleeding into the brain, most childhood stroke research has looked at ischemic stroke, which is the blockage of blood flow to the brain. As a true center of excellence in hemorrhagic stroke research, UCSF and its collaborators have worked together to put together the first major study of pediatric hemorrhagic stroke with an emphasis on the most common cause in childhood, which happens to be brain arteriovenous malformations, otherwise known as brain AVMs. Now, the brain AVM is a malformed vessel that is usually present at birth, but can change over time in ways that make them more likely to bleed and injure the surrounding brain. 
And after such injury, children can struggle for a lifetime. So doctors can cure AVMs and prevent stroke through surgery or treatment with radiation in some cases. However, these treatments can injure the brain, and sometimes children can develop another AVM even after the first one is cured. The doctors need better information to help guide their treatment decisions, and that's basically what the goal of this study is. They're going to gather information that will help each individual child born with a brain AVM have the best possible outcome. And they've put it in three separate projects. Project one is going to analyze the images of the brain and blood tests in order to help predict the dangerous changes that can occur to an AVM. Project two is going to use the imaging to map out the brain networks around the AVM. And the goal there is to help preserve those networks and hence the brain function of the surrounding tissue during an AVM treatment. And project three is going to build up the international pediatric stroke study. And as part of that study, there have already been over 6,000 children who have had ischemic stroke that have participated. This project is going to add an additional registry to the one that's already there for children who have brain AVMs and who have had hemorrhagic stroke. And this registry is going to help doctors and researchers around the world understand the demographics and social determinants of hemorrhagic stroke treatment and outcome. It's going to look at race, education, and where a child lives, as an example. Now, as a final aim, this project uh, results are going to be used to develop a decision tree. And this decision tree is going to try to help doctors guide the proper care and treatment of brain AVMs in children. So today I am very pleased to introduce you to Jennifer Dwyer, who is just an amazing mama doing all she can to help raise awareness and funding for early detection after her sweet son, Brayden, gained his wings from his AVM rupture. January 22nd, it was a ped day. It was also my husband's birthday. I said, we're going to be eating a bit late because everyone was having a nap because they were out all night long. So I said, we'll make dinner for dad like a bit late, like around eight or something. So I was in the living room having tea and folding laundry and he was in my bedroom and he was playing on his PS4 and all of a sudden he was laughing and, you know, like a normal child. And then all of a sudden he jumped out of the bed and he came running into the living room and he was like holding his head. He's like, mom, I have a really bad, bad headache. And I'm like, he never, this child does never complain. He could probably take so much, but he would never, ever complain about anything. So I literally looked at him and I knew right away okay and he goes can I have Tylenol or Advil which is very rare mm -hmm. so I turned around to the cupboard and I was going to get Tylenol and my son Shane turned around and said mom look at him as I turned around I've never seen this in my life the water was coming out of his eyes like just <gasps> pour it was like a fountain mm -hmm. and oh my god Brayden are you okay and I, I literally was holding him and uh he says mommy he says uh you know, I, I, it hurts. Like I have this bad headache. And he says, uh, first thing he said to me was, am I going to be okay? And I said, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. But the minute I turned them around, my husband jumped out of bed and said, what's going on? I said, I don't know what's wrong with him. And he asked his dad, daddy, am I going to be okay? By the time he, Kevin reassured him, yes. Um, his eyes went into like the middle of his, his nose and he went into a coma. So we knew right away. By this point, my daughter had called 911. The first responders arrived. Mm -hmm. So this all happened in a period between 
him arriving at the children's hospital within four hours, maybe a little bit less. Okay. They did a scan right away. And um, that's when Dr. Veal came out and said to us, look, your son is very sick. We need to operate him on tonight. He has an AVM. We're like, what in the world is an AVM? Right. So he explained it to us. And he said it was in the cerebellum, pressing against the brainstem. Um, so basically he says, look, that part was very successful. Now we have to wait. You know, we went into the ICU and saw him all intubated and everything. And he looked like Brayden, but just sleeping, right? And as the days went on, the weekend, it was a weekend. So it uh, it went all right. And then by the fourth day, Brayden went into cardiac arrest. What happened is they couldn't get his heartbeat back to regular rhythm. beating rhythm. Exactly. So basically that doctor that was on duty in ICU that night said to us like, look, there's nothing left we can do for your son. I'm like, what? <laughs> but in the meantime, our neuro came running because he was downstairs and he's like, you got to do something. You got to do this. You got to do that. He's like, he was like, he wanted to save Braden so bad. Like, right. and I was so in shock. I was like, this is not happening. You know, it, it, you know, I told my boy he's going to be okay. Like what? You right. gotta, something right. And, um, so basically, um, we called his sister and his two two brothers, and they came down to Montreal. I had a friend drive them down, and it was the worst day of our life, like just to say goodbye. They said, you know, that that's AVM is so there's not enough studies basically on that, you know. Jennifer, what advice can you give to to parents, you know, who are going through this, or to friends? of parents who are who are dealing with this this situation because a lot of people you know they don't know what to say they don't know what to you know what do you do for somebody when such a a tragic and sudden thing happens what's what's your advice you know what my advice would be basically just to listen to them let them talk you know the worst thing you could tell a grieving mother or father or anyone is you have other children i i hate when i hear that it's because, honest to God, I know I have other children. I have a sign in my office that says, my children are my world. They're the reason I live and I breathe, you know? I love every one of them. I never had any favoritism for any of them. Um, I look at my kids. I see the sadness. They're not the same, you know? Like, we're still a very close bunch, but um, it's just so tragic, you know? And it, it's so hard for myself. And I look at my other children, and I can't imagine what they're going through. My advice to other parents, uh, you know, who have children as well. Um, my goal now is to help other families, uh, children. We have to make a difference. We got to find a cure. We got to do something about this. I mean, I'm pushing, I'm working with my neurosurgeon uh, in the sense that, you know, he told us that he's going to be with us till his last breath. Like he's been become a friend of ours. He came to Braden's uh, celebration of life. Um, he's doing studies to do either blood tests to see what we can do. I'm pushing for scans. I want like, I mean, I know it's costly, but you it's know what? It's the one way to find out. It's the exactly. one way to find out. Exactly. Because they told me after the loss of our son, they said, I can guarantee you the rest of your kids. I said, no, no, you don't understand. One is way too many. I said, my son's not the only one that lost his life due to this, you know, terrible ticking time bomb i said i want all my other children tested asap and i did the same thing yeah everybody good. my husband myself yeah my, uh, kyler's brother and sister we were all tested all tested eh? but yeah so like basically what i'm doing now is 
making awareness. I'm doing events, going around. Um, I did the golf tournament, which our first year we raised $40,000. Oh my gosh, you're like my hero. That's amazing. And uh, we're trying to touch base with like hockey players. And Braden's favorite hockey player was Brendan Gallagher, which is number 11. How ironic, you know? Yes. So we're trying to like reach him and see if he would come to, you know, be like the the big guy that day and in honor of Brayden and uh, I, I'm not going to give up this fight. Like this is my, my mission in life now. I completely, I completely understand. I mean, obviously, you know, spreading awareness and trying to help others and in particular trying to get the general population to understand you yeah. know, number one, it's only rare until it happens to you. Right. Or Absolutely. I use that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. yep. And the second thing is, and I brain was the same way. Kyler never had a headache. He never had any symptoms. He always passed every single health test with flying colors. You know, okay. like yep. if you don't get scanned, you don't know. Jen, I can't, you know, but, like this is another thing. Like you have a child with an AVM who's here, but it's, it's, it's so nerve wracking because yeah. you you're, you're doing everything in the power that you can do, right? Okay. And you best for your child, you know? And then yet you got people like myself and other people too that lost their child and we're all, so we're, everyone's suffering, you know? Definitely. Everyone. We're suffering all the time. It's just, it's yeah. just in different ways. It was just eating me up inside that I can't cure my kid. I can't fix him. Yeah. So if I can't fix him, then it's like, well, what can I do? What can I control? Just like, you know, I think the similar with you and it's like, okay, well then what we can do is we can be the ones to raise money and raise awareness. Brayden has, has siblings, right? Just like Kyler. Kyler has a brother and a sister. What do you think the community should be doing to help support the, the siblings who are affected by, by brain AVM, blood brain vessel disease? That's a really good question. Um, You know, the community itself has been super amazing with us um, from the time that we lost Braden um, in front of our home. I don't know if you ever seen the pictures I had posted, but it's actually on the website too. There's like three trees, three Christmas trees um, that are all lit up and um, they have like little fairy lights and the community came and they hung wooden hearts with messages written down mm-hmm. for us family and like the kids too they'd go out there and even my daughter was saying recently like sometimes you know she'll still go out there and read the things that have been up there uh we're coming up to almost two years in january so um everything's still there we've lost a few in the winds and stuff but um people still check in um we have a lot of good support from the community you know people never forgot so um like everyone's there they're you know it's a matter of just reaching out and yeah, so just just not not disappearing. Providing good community exactly. support is like the biggest thing that you can, yeah, you can recommend, exactly. and letting the kids know that they're that they're cared about and stuff too. Oh yeah. Now, if somebody wants um wants to know like how to find you or find your story or see what you're doing, where's the best place for them to go? So the best place I would go to the website, which is uh, org. And from there, they'll see everything. We have some merch like sweaters and, and T-shirts and uh, bracelets. And we have winter toques and all kinds of stuff as well. 
and they can make a donation on that page, which goes directly to the foundation um, with what we're trying to do is trying to, you know, turn the ugly into a, a positive, you know. Well, you're doing an amazing job and keep uh, keep telling his story and we'll keep sharing it. Absolutely. And I'll definitely keep Kyler in our thoughts and prayers every day. And, you know, and same for you. You take care of yourself and your family. Moving on to chapter two of our focus book, Suffer Strong. Now, this chapter was written by Jay Wolf, and it explains the concept of redefining the past. He starts with pointing out the fact that every story told starts with a memory, and that while some memories are remembered fondly, others make us long for some things that were, but never will be again. There have been many days where I couldn't click on the memories this time last year on Facebook for that very reason. In fact, I'm going to be honest, I changed my settings for a while so that they wouldn't even pop up as a choice. When I looked at those memories, I would think that was before my son's diagnosis. That was before the brain bleed, before everything changed. And I'm sure many people can relate to the phrase, if I only knew then what I know now. As Jay writes, it's easy to feel bitter when we're not living the life we thought we would be. And sometimes it seems impossible to try to find anything good in a story of trauma and loss. I'll agree with that 100%. James refers to a psychiatrist whose name is Dr. Kurt Thompson. And Dr. Thompson teaches that our memories are made from what we pay attention to. So what we focus on matters. I mean, this is super true. When Kyler was in therapy and he was getting lost and couldn't remember anything, they basically said that the problem was that the focus part of his brain to help him remember wasn't encoding anything and it had to be retaught. Well, Dr. Kurt says that basically, since what we focus on matters so much, our brain uses the memories of what's happened in our past to anticipate our future. Well, with this in mind, the author Jay poses the question, can we remember our past stories in a way that narrates beautiful stories in our future? When I read this, I was pretty skeptical. But the book says that the antidote when this feels impossible is always gratitude. He quotes an author from 1937 who says, Gratitude changes the pangs of memory and our perspective on things as it allows us to begin to pull back the layers of loss and reveal the goodness underneath. The hard story needs to be grieved and take as long as we need to do so. But as Jay says, redefining the past is critical to allowing peace on the inside that will eventually lead to healing and one day, maybe even joy as well. Today's quote is by Alicia Scott. Don't let the storms of your past cloud your vision for a brighter future. And I'm going to add one of my personal favorites. When it rains, look for rainbows. And when it's dark, look for stars. I always like to end our time together with a motivational song recommendation. I don't play the song because of copyright laws, but there have been many times on this journey where a song really spoke out to me and helped me with my day. Today, I'm recommending you check out The Dog Days Are Over, the demo version by Florence and the Machine from the 2009 album Lungs. And as always, if you have questions, have a topic you would like to hear about or a great song or motivational quote, 
don't be shy. Share it in the comments and let us know. And if you liked what you heard today, please go online and rate this podcast. Remember, you're never walking this journey alone. Take care, y'all.